Welcome to the Geneva Center for Security Policy podcast. I'm Ashley Mueller. This week's episode explores some of the latest global issues affecting peace, security, and international cooperation. Over the last couple of weeks, the world took note of Days for Remembrance and Days for Celebration, including World Environment Day, World Oceans Day, and more. Last week marked World Refugee Day, and we spoke with Ms. Adiba Kasim, a Yazidi refugee living in Switzerland, to hear her story. Adiba is also a young leader in Foreign and Security Policy Fellow at the GCSP in the Global Fellowship Initiative. And we hear a message of gratitude and of hope from Ms. Annika Hilding Norberg, Head of Peace Operations and Peacebuilding at the GCSP on International Day of UN Peacekeepers. Thank you very much, Adiba Kasim, for joining us, GCSP, today, as we mark World Refugee Day 2020. This day is marked by the United Nations, highlighting the 1951 Refugee Convention and the 1967 Protocol to help and support refugees. What does Refugee Day mean to you and how does it affect you? I, I would say that it's really great that to be at least to have like at least one day in a year that we can be reminded because um, a refugee is representing millions of other refugees over the world. We are not just um, um, a small uh, minority. Most of the time we are forgetting. So at least to be, uh, remember one day, I think it's great. And yeah, it means to me a lot. Um, so I... I go back to home the day that I left home, the day that I left everything behind me. Um, the, other day I was, the other day I was just thinking of what I've got from my home, you know, basically nothing except uh, the memories. And there are millions of other refugees like me who left everything behind. You know, they just got some memories of, of, of their home, of their country. And, um, and, and they live and... Uh, being a refugee is never, um, was never a choice, and we never choose to be refugees. And um, I think um, that being a refugee, how to, how to say that? Because most of the time we are seeing as like weak people, we are seeing um, uh, small and we are you know, judged by our status as refugees. But I would just say that refugee is a strong person, a strong human being. Refugee is a person who gave um, the life another chance to live, who, who, who decided to change the future and to make a better world for the generations behind us so they can live in peace. Adipa, do you mind sharing when did you leave your home and, and from where? Yeah, so uh, I am Gizidi from Iraq, uh, from uh, Sinjar, northern Iraq. And 3rd of August 2014, I was with my family. We were sleeping on the roof uh, of our house in a summer day. And at 7 o'clock, we had to wake up and we had to leave home because the Islamic State they attacked our our region, our town. So we had no time. We just had to hold each other's hands and to leave home. So at that time, yeah, we we didn't know what's gonna happen to us. We didn't know even where we are going. And at that moment, I remember that I thought it's just one or two hours, and I gonna go back home. Uh, I run away with my pajama. I've got nothing with me, and same with my siblings, same with my with my parents. 
so and then we've been we had to go to another area and then crossing the mountains illegally and to arrive to Turkey where I became a refugee for the first time with my siblings and my parents and there in Turkey I decided to put my siblings in a boat and to send them to Europe so they can't find peace I had no choice this is one thing that I always say is this poem where I say that no one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark and yeah I didn't I didn't put my siblings in that boat because um, it was safe, but because I had no any other solution. And when I put my siblings in that boat, I had no idea if they're going to make it, if they're going to survive. But at the end, finally, they made it to peace. So all my family today, they are refugees and um, we are all refugees today. But yeah. So and yeah, actually, in, this is my second time that I'm a refugee. You know, I became a refugee in Turkey with my family, sent my family to Europe, and then I decided to go back home, uh, hoping that I can change something. Because at that moment, I feel that I've lost everything. So now, I I will go back. At least I can change some small things. I had no more to lose, no more to lose. So I went back to my country. I. I I never wanted to leave everything behind me and to run away because it is very easy, so easy to leave everything and to go to start a new life, super easy. But then, yeah, and then for the refugees, it's, um, how to say, it's the last decision when, because we try all other things to survive and when we have no any other solution, when it comes to our freedom, then we run away. So and it arrived to me that I had to choose between death or freedom, between you know death or running away. So of course I decided to run away again from my country for the for the second time, and it was very difficult. I left everything again behind. I had to start from zero somewhere else, learn a new language, you know, learn a new education, join another community you know but if i don't know if i will be accepted by this community because of who i am my history my culture and all of that so i ended up here in switzerland and i am a refugee here in switzerland since um, yeah, two years and a half um, trying to do my best to change the world <laughs> you are doing like, it right to make a better place for the other other generations behind us and because no one deserves to go what we have been through no one absolutely deserves to to face what we faced yeah the, the the un provides a whole bunch of statistics they say you know every minute 20 people are fleeing um, war persecution and terror um but actually statistics are statistics in some way and people just see numbers and people can get overwhelmed by numbers but remembering that those are people and people who have left behind livelihoods and family and homes and communities and lifestyles. You've made it to Switzerland. How can we learn to adapt our support systems, the realities that we live in here? At how can we be more inclusive, accepting? What can we do? I'm very realistic. You know, I, I, I speak from my experiences. So there is one thing. Normally they talk, they, they say that when the refugee arrive to the safe country, to the host community, everything is over and now it's the beginning of a new life, 
of peace. But actually, you know, it's for us is a is a beginning of a new war, a new challenge, um, um, because we are not accepted. We are most of the time we are refused by the host communities, you know. And then um, if I if I talk about the situation in the refugee camp and. We we have forgotten those people in the refugee camp. Yeah, I mean, I arrived to the to the to the safe community today. I'm in the safe community, and then there are millions of refugees who are dreaming to be where I am today. I'm today a, uni, a student at the University of Geneva. I am here in peace. It is great, but there are also lots of challenges for me because I am seeing just a refugee. You know, I'm not seeing as a human who I am, my culture, my history, and everything behind me. You know, I'm just seeing as a refugee. And um, uh, just one little thing, I applied in asylum in Switzerland uh, more than two years and a half, and I still, I'm still not accepted or not refused. So I am, I am in between. It is, it's really an, an unstable situation for me you know it's a question of stability and i am following everything according to the law but i am i don't know if i am accepted or, or i am refused you see so it's 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 quite um quite challenging and then those most of the countries they think they that they are like hosting uh, half of the world of refugees but actually no they are only hosting few members of those refugees, you know, com comparing to how many refugees we have in the refugee camps and in unstable areas, in the tents, etc., for, for many years. And there are generations who've grown up uh, in those camps. So, so we need to really change our, our mindsets, I think, is a clear message that I'm hearing. But also, as you said, everyone is a human being and they need their security, their stability that are that need to be brought into consideration and to be living in limbo for two years. I mean, what, what is your, your hope? What com comes next for you? Yeah, so it's really it's really complicated to. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just for me, you know, I hope that that one day all refugees can really live with dignity and with peace and to be accepted and to be respected because this is something that most of the time we don't see. Even when we go through those refugee centers, there are like horrible things happening that no one talks about it, even in those safe countries in, 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 in Europe. I would not uh, um, talk about one country. In many countries that refugees, we are really um, suffering by not being respected, I would say, you know, our dignity. And um, this is something that I want to really to see in the future too, that everyone live in peace and in dignity and all the voices um, can be heard. This is really something that I am hoping um, to see. You are an activist. You are a female empowerment leader in your community, no matter where you go. You inspire, you um, speak to people's hearts, you um, do everything you can to build people up instead of tear people down. And I think that someone like you is essential in the world. Where does your strength come from and how do you remain at peace with yourself? I grew up, I grew up in the war in Iraq, in my country and in Iraq. And also I am from a minority where actually we've been always rejected and I haven't seen uh, peace in my country. I mean, this is something when I arrived to Switzerland, everything was very hard for me. I couldn't, I couldn't integrate to this peace society. 
you see what I mean? It was really hard for me because I've never been in a, in a calm country. So it took me, it took me so much time to integrate into it because I'm grown up in, in, in war and I don't know what will happen to me uh, tomorrow. I'm leaving the moment, you know, and this is exactly, I mean, every day we, we live for the day, you know, there, there were, there was no future. And for the fact that I had no right to go to school in Iraq because of the war again, and um, it was super challenging. So then all, all those difficulties, you know, they, they create something in me. And, but I was, even when I was a very little girl, I was always hoping that one day I will be different. One day I will be able um, to change. And then life was never easy for me. It was always taking from me than giving to me something. I Basic rights, I, I couldn't have them naturally. I had to fight for every single thing. Every single thing I had to fight. Like I was born with no right. And then, yeah, I was 19 when I, I uh, we left home, and I for the fact that I became the responsible for for my parents and my four siblings. So I had to work, I had to feed them, I had to learn languages to be able even to represent um, my community. And I lived in a refugee camp in Turkey in 2014, where I became a refugee for the first time. So I would be going, I was not speaking in English, um, I would be going to the, to the garbage and getting like cigarette packets and coming and writing uh, sent, sentences to be able to, to speak to the international organizations when they were coming and visiting us with the media to tell the world what have happened to us. Um, your question was when I found the, the, the strength, I mean, I, I ran away from my home just 15 minutes before the, the, the ISIS Daesh arrived to my village. So if I was 15 minutes late, I would be among those women who were kidnapped, killed, taking as sex slaves, etc. So also like I had, how to say, those feelings between guilt and lucky at the same time, you know, feeling guilty for the fact that I am free where actually every, every other one were taken, but lucky for being alive and, and being able, you know, to, to shout and to, to uh, open people's minds about what have happened to us. So sometimes I've been invited to talk about leaderships, you know, where it comes from, how to be a leader. And then I don't know. <laughs> it is not. It's not something that that you really uh, create. It, it 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 happens naturally because you have to you have to face it. You have to challenge it. So all 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 those bad bad things, all those wars, I I use them to create myself. I use the war. I use the bad experiences to create a message and to travel with it and to tell the world uh, what is happening. And I, I, I find it um, as a, res a responsibility as well, you know, not just for my community, but for I'm representing other people, other young girls who are now in the refugee camps who are, you know. In the last couple of years, you've now, I mean, I've seen you, you've spoken in front of the UN. I mean, you have been part of a full community of, of global change makers. It's amazing to hear your story and to see what you've been able to, uh, what has come your way and the opportunities that you've taken now to have a platform, a message to share. What else do global leaders or decision makers, policymakers, what do they need to hear? So I made it to peace today here I'm in Switzerland and I, for the fact that I learned languages 
uh, I'm today speaking my fourth language and um, um, I learned languages and those refugee comes in this in this journey and I'm able to speak I uh, I no more have fear inside of me because of what I face uh, so I had to speak and speak and, 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 and shout. So I, I made it and today I made it to peace. I am in Switzerland. I am able to meet people. I'm able to talk to people. But what about other million refugees in the, in the, in the refugee camps or in the IDP camps, you know? No one hear their voices, you know? I, I am here. I made it. I made it. I made it my journey. It's still, it's, it's, it's ongoing. But what about other refugees in, in, in everywhere over the world? What, what I, I would say is that um, their voices need to be heard as well. We need to listen to them more. And then I, ca I cannot represent them, you know, I cannot represent all those people because their voices need to be heard. They are, they are living in the refugee camps. They are facing so much. And there is, there is a lot going on in, those, on in the refugee camps for the fact that there is no education there is you know there, there are no opportunities for the young people to um to go forward in their life and that that will create a very difficult future for the whole generation for the whole community so i always say that we we need to listen to those people and then in the refugee camp if you cannot get them out of there and give bring them to a peace area at least to provide them with some some education you know i'm sorry education, I'm talking about school, about scholarships, about providing like a platform where they can, you know, really improve in languages or go to the universities because that's the only solution that I think we need, you know. So then they can um, rebuild their communities, then they can make a future uh, for themselves, by themselves. Maybe we, you in alone cannot do everything, all the other international organizations organizations cannot do everything by themselves. So there should be always, the, the refugees always should be part of this uh, the decision that's gonna be uh, taken according to their uh, future. We need to hear their voices. We need to hear the voices of refugees. And we, because, because they are all like me fighting for the future, they are all like me, they want to speak, but there are no one to listen to them. Thank you, Adiba. Um, I, I wanted to leave you now with the chance to, to share any final thoughts. Um, this year in the, the World Refugee Day with the UN, the theme is every action counts, but what kind of actions can, here at least in Switzerland and maybe in Europe as well, what kind of actions can we take? If I have uh, one message to, for, for other young refugees over the world, I will tell them to, to stay positive, to stay strong, uh, to keep your dignity, to be who you are. Never afraid to say that I'm a refugee. Say it loudly and be proud of who you are uh, because you are one of the strongest person in the world who gave their life another chance to live, who is fighting to change the future and who is fighting to make the world a, world a better place. This is my message for all the young refugees over the world because we can make it and together we can change it and for everyone not just the refugees for everyone who listens to me i would say together we can change and if each one of us do a small part we can definitely see a change and sometimes i've been questioned if the the people in the in the in the peace societies and peace countries can also be part of the uh, peace building and i would say definitely yes together we can do it we both need each other and we uh, refugee alone cannot do everything by ourselves so we need you together 
um, to, build some, to build something better. The theme of International Day for UN Peacekeepers this year was Women in Peacekeeping. Our Head of Peace Operations and Peacebuilding, Ms. Annika Hilding-Norberg, shares a message of hope and of gratitude. Ladies and gentlemen, today we honor and pay tribute the incredible men and women peacekeepers serving in missions all around the world, often in the most hostile and harsh environments. Despite the sometimes grueling impact of COVID-19, they stay committed to protecting and supporting fellow human beings. There are 95,000 UN peacekeepers serving humanity today. Almost 4,000 have died while helping and preventing fellow human beings from dying. Our hearts go out to the families, the friends and the colleagues for their sacrifice and for their loss. Today marks the 20th anniversary of the adoption of UN Security Council Resolution 1325, which aims at recognizing and empowering women to be able to contribute to peacemaking, to peacebuilding and to peacekeeping on an equal footing with men, to share the burden, but also to share their expertise, their capacities and their perspectives. So today is also a time for celebration, to recognize progress. Take UN policing, for example. Many of the women, most of the women serving in UN missions today do so in the most complex and dangerous missions. There's one mission where the whole leadership, the political, the military and the police are all made up of women. So it's extraordinary. There's a long way to go, but progress is being made. And we at the GCSP, we stay committed to supporting peace operations and peacekeepers through our work and programs. And in particular today, we want to pay tribute to our men and women peacekeepers and the GCSP Global Alumni community. Thank you for your service. Thank you, we honor you and we respect you. Thank you for your service in support of the ultimate goal of building a better future. On behalf of the GCSP, thank you. Thank you, Annika Hilding-Norberg. That's all we have now for today's episode. Thank you to Adiba Kasim for joining us along with Annika Hilding-Norberg. Listen to us again next week to hear all the latest insights on international peace and security. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, follow us on Spotify or on SoundCloud. Until next time, bye for now.